squadron. The galaxy's finest. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Rogue Rebels podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about a book again. And as usually happens when I talk about books, I have a very special guest with me. So, let me welcome Alex Damon from Star Wars Explained, who is also all about super cool, awesome pilot, rebel people, and mustaches, and Biggs Darklighter, and Gavin Darklighter, and go. Exactly. Yes, I'm all about all of that stuff. Very excited. Dude, so I am in, like, I, like, I'm a Star Wars guy, but I'm also like a 90s kid. So, like, I was around for those old school, like, X-Wing books, and those are some mm-hmm. of my favorite, most reread books uh, that I did back in the day in the uh, Le- Legends stuff. I am exactly the same. I think... My first book, I'm also a 90s kid. I think my first book was uh, Shadows of the Empire. And then from there, I just started reading chronologically. And fortunately, the X-Wing books aren't too far down the line. And I just immediately fell in love with them. Nice. It was It was like, I think now, like as an adult, like looking back on why I connected with those books so much, I think it has to do with it was like fresh characters that were doing real things and adventures. And it wasn't just like... You know, because every now and then, like, you would get into another of the big books and it would be like, oh, you know, Luke's on vacation and, uh-oh, something bad happened. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I think, like, new characters, like, the world that, you know, you could do things that obviously they couldn't do with the big three, quote-unquote. But but still kind of connected back with Wedge and, yeah, Gavin Darklighter. Like, we, we had those connections and references to... Uh, what was familiar and i i loved that because like you said i've I've always loved the pilots i always loved biggs and wedge and getting to read more about the side characters was something i loved right right so that's like a little bit off brand for me because i'm like the jedi guy like i'm all about Mm. the jedi and i know there's corn horn but like it semi counts (laughs) um but like you know i did love tales of the jedi and stuff like that back in the day but like these books were definitely like on my re- and then I think after this was like that AC Crispin Han Solo trilogy. Yeah, that's really good too. Which is also really really good. <laughs> Another thing with no Jedi like mm-hmm. what's everybody's going to like fake fake fan. <laughs> anyway, we're not here to talk about legends books. We are here to talk about the third alphabet squadron book Victory's Price which by Alexander Freed which I really enjoyed. I did too. I loved it. I I fell in love with the Alphabet Squadron books with the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, there was something about it. I I got to speak to Alexander Freed and I told him that him writing pilots and flying, it felt like being hugged with words. It felt like going back to reading those X-Wing books. Uh, so it it made me feel like a fourth grader again, reading Star Wars with these fresh new characters. And I thought Victory's Price was just the best conclusion that it could have been man it's a really good like it all comes together really really well like this last book and like as a trilogy it's really really good and like getting to know the characters and you know the characters are obviously the best part of this series so like that's like kind of the 
you know, the like non-spoiler review that I give people is like, yeah, okay, check it out. If you don't dig it by the first book, then you probably don't need the rest of them because that's what they're about. Right. They're about these characters. <laughs> yes. You know, um, there's different people in Star Wars like different things. Uh, real quick before we get into that, I'm going to roll down some business real quick. You can check us out at theroguerebels.com. We have a website where I just uploaded, what did I just put up? Something really cool. Oh, I painted Axel's helmet. Axel now has a season four custom Ezra scout trooper helmet that is super dope. I'm very proud of it myself, but don't listen to me because I painted it. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's not, it's not good to fill my ego that way. <laughs> but anyway, I like it. Uh, it's, I put some instructions on like how I did it and like all kinds of build albums on the Facebook. If anybody's like interested, by the way, we have a Facebook page. Please go and like that. You can check us out on Instagram at the rogue rebels, as well as TikTok. I don't know. Ask the kids about that one. And, uh, Twitter. Oh, rogue rebels fam at Twitter. No, at rogue rebels fam on Twitter. Because now the family has a Twitter, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's there. All right. I, I saw the helmet, and I think you're perfectly fine to uh, puff your ego up a little bit. Okay, I'm going to, like, quote now. I'm going to be like, Star Wars Explained says, <laughs> you know. It looks great. Rogue Rebels, Ezra, helmet rocks the house. Okay, <laughs> so when you have kids that cosplay, the thing that you run into is you have things like that helmet sitting in your garage for a year and a half during a pandemic, and you're like, I'm going to get to it. Then when you finally get into it a year into the pandemic, you pop it on your kid and you're like, dude, this is the dopest thing. Put on the costume. Oh, nothing in the costume fits anymore. <laughs> so he has the dopest helmet, but he outgrew the rest of the costume. So guess who's got some orange fabric and is trying to put together some stuff this week? Nice. <laughs> this guy. Uh, let's see. Recent show plugs for Star Wars Geek Girl. They had just put a new episode. I don't know what they're talking about. That's my daughter Lizzie's show. You should probably listen to it because it's really funny. And it's two teenage girls talking about Star Wars. They both dress as Sabine and they're both wonderful. But I did an episode with Star Wars Geek Girl talking about this book. So if you want to hear me talk about this book more with somebody else, hey, go listen to that too. Pot it forward. Go listen to everybody's podcast. I just put like a weird little thing of like some of the podcasts that I found on Spotify that I really enjoy and why. So it's like, uh, you know, like generally when I listen to podcasts, some, some I like because of the, the, the people, the hosts, some I like because they're very informative. Some I like because of both. Maybe Star Wars Explained is on there. I don't know. You should check it out. All right. Uh, yeah, that's the end of my spiel. Let's get on talking about these books. Dude, the man. Okay. And I, I don't know if you know this, it should be obvious that I am a super, super, super duper Star Wars Rebels fan. Uh -huh. So Hera's involvement in this trilogy was something that I was like, oh, cool. Like Hera's going to be in those books. And like in the first couple of books, like it was that, but it was also like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, I like that. And then this book, like sh it, there was a really good Hera stuff in this book. Totally agreed. I think that this is easily the one that has her in it the most. And also I think she got some of the best lines. Like, yeah. There, there's a line that she delivers that I just like i wrote down wrote it down and i'm like i just want to remember how she put this it's it's so good i'm 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 like on pins and needles dude like i love a lot of the hera characterization that they did like building up to this book but then like this book find like the other books it felt a little bit like kind of like you know like rebels wasn't done or you know it feels like they're tiptoeing around like oh mm. she thought about her son question mark you know like 
you get all these things that allude to things that we as Rebels fans are worried about or wondering about. But in this one, they sort of dived into her and her thoughts and like what she thought about her future. And I think that was something that was really like, huh, that I didn't like quite see coming, but also that paid off in a really, really good way. Yeah. Which also is kind of interesting with like, there's word that she might be in the Rangers of the new Republic. And part of me is like, let, let her rest. Just let her be. (laughs) (laughs) She has earned it. Earned it. I have, she has dude. But also it's like, like, I don't know. Like it's it's such a weird space because of course as a, like a super fan, I want to see this character everywhere. Ex- exactly. Yeah, I, I would be thrilled if they announced that she was going to be in Ranger of the New Republic in live action. I'd be like, yes, love it. But more in universe, I'm like, <laughs> I hope you had a good vacation or mm-hmm. something. I hope you have a peaceful retirement. I hope you, you know, <laughs> I hope you get to like raise your son. Like, uh huh. Oh, there's such good stuff. Okay, like, all right, I'm I'm calling it. It's spoiler time. Like, let's just get into it and not even worry about tiptoeing around things. It, I mean, like, I'm I'm not even trying to go in order here. Will has got to be, like, might be my favorite character in these books. Again, totally agree. I really like. They took the like, it's a very similar like Luke Skywalker archetype, a young, innocent kid who just wants to get off his planet and blah, 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 blah. But then they like sort of spin that like by the second book, his relationship with Nath is like not contentious, but it's not like like in the first book, he's very much like a mentor and he's the kid and Nath is like making fun of him. It's a very like older brother Mm -hmm. sort of thing. And then in the second book, they're sort of going head to head a little bit as he's coming into his own and like thinking differently, trying to find different solutions. Like that's another thing about Will that makes him my favorite. Um, and then in this book, when he like is the leader, it's just, it's such a good payoff and it's so well done. And he is such a, like, he's such a good person, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, you mentioned him being a little bit like Luke Skywalker. I, I agree. And I disagree because he is someone who just wants to go home. Like, he joined the fight out of a sense of duty, but he's like, I'm just ready for this to be over. I'm ready to go home, which Luke was kind of the one that was like, I got to get out of here. Like, I want to join the fight. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Will is such a good-hearted person. It was about a third of the way through the first book when when his squadron and Shadowing are kind of like at a... Uh, standstill they can't quite fight each other but they're not leaving each other alone and when Mm -hmm. he started to try to spark up conversations with them that's when i was like i love this book and i love this character he he's my new ride or die so the fact that they kept that going through Shadowfall and victory's price i i I was loving seeing that and it's such a like original like it's not what you would expect from these like first of all alexander freed books like I read Twilight Company and the Rogue One novelization and the tone is pretty hardcore. So when these books first were announced and we're getting a trilogy and it's going to be pilots and I was like, cool, cool, cool. New Rogue Squadron books, right? And it's like, not that. Yeah. But it is like new pilots. Why, why, why? I don't know you, California. Um, And it's like, uh, like just the tone is so different from the like, you know, the old Rogue Squadron books, they had, there was military and there was this, but there was also a very, like, there was these in-between tones that were very 
fun and joking. And like, you see a little bit of it in the, like, from a certain point of view books when Hobby's talking about how he's trying to play a prank on, mm. or I'm sorry, the other guy's talking about how he tried to play a prank on Hobby. Mm-hmm. You know, like things like that, like you get that, like how we're pilots and we're in the military, but also like we have fun and there's jokes and there's Ewok pilots and Yub Yub Commander. Yeah. You know, and that was definitely not here, but like these books are their own thing. And the characters had like depth. And I think that's what keeps you in. At least yeah, I, I don't think I would call the Alphabet Squadron books fun so much is they're they're they really make you think like i don't think i have thought about some star wars books as much as i have about victory's price and just like what alexander freed actually has to say instead of just writing a really fun uh starfighter book right yeah and that's like oh god that's so good like just these characters, I think. And I, and I think it comes down to that, like the depth that and the journey that you're taking with them. It becomes so personal. So like, like, for example, like the book sort of crescendos at the Battle of Jakku, which we've seen 15 other times if we played Battlefront and played Squad, oh, maybe not Squadrons, you know, and played or read Aftermath and all that. You're like, oh, I know what happens. But it's not about like what happens. It's about what happens to them, mm-hmm. which is dope because if you care about them then you're not sitting there like you know sometimes i feel like you know some star wars enjoyers tend to look at these things as like wikipedia entries of like well what happens what is the thing that happens that i want to see you know yeah oh this is the story about how uh, you know luke skywalker picked up a baby oh this is the story about how a superstar destroyer crashed yeah, no, dude, this is the story of these five pilots who have very difficult lives. Um, and being a pilot is not easy. And Hera, space mom, is the best. I think you nailed it with... I was kind of one of the people that as we were getting... Even started with the trilogy, I was like, I don't want to see this end at the Battle of Jakku just because, you know, we've seen that in Battlefront 2. We've seen that in mm-hmm. Aftermath Empire's End. I feel like I get the story of Jakku. But then as it was becoming apparent that that's where this book was leading, I was like, nope, I'm in. Like, because you're right. It's not about what new is there to learn about the Battle of Jakku. It's about what happens to these characters. And they did also totally do some new stuff where it's not all at the Battle of Jakku. We also get to see Coruscant. Yeah. Uh, so that that's still great, but... I was immediately eating my words of being like, no, I'm all in on this Jakku stuff. Let's see it again. And I felt the same way. And it was especially when like, as the book was released, I finally figured out, you know, like, cause when the books are coming out and you're like, okay, they're pilots and it's new Republic or whatever. And I'm trying to place it in the timeline. And as you're reading the first book, you're like, Oh, we're not even to the battle of Jakku yet. I guess that's probably where we're going. But then I started to think like, well, it's a trilogy. Maybe we go, you know, maybe this book takes us further into some sort of like rogue squad. You know, I'm still thinking of those old books. Maybe we're taking down some of the warlords or some of the mm. remnants after the Battle of Jakku. You know, especially when they were such a like, oh, they're hunting Shadowwing. Shadowwing is the enemy. Shadowwing is the this. Oh, maybe Shadowwing survives Jakku. Mm. And then there's a whole book of them going after Shadowwing, you know, supplanted by the New Republic and all this stuff. Uh, I was half right. 
they definitely go <laughs> after Shadowing. Um, it, there, there's a splash of the Imperial Warlord side of things as well. I like that this book, we got to see a lot more of that side, like in a dimensional way. Whereas, you know, like in most books, when you see the bad guy, you just see them doing the bad guy things. Like, oh, hey, well, we will order our things and blah, 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 blah. They will never see this trap coming. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just worry about your characters. Right. But in this book, like Soren Keys became dimensional in a way that I did not see coming. That's the if I had one criticism about the first book, it's that I didn't think that we got to spend enough time with a uh, grandmother, the mm-hmm. the villain of that book. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Keys in Shadowfall and Victory's Price, I really, really liked him. And even though I don't agree with like what his motivations were in the end, I still saw what I, I, I understood it. I understood yeah, what yeah. he was going for and why he was doing what he was doing. So I, I think that that was great. That the one criticism I really had about Alphabet Squadron, they immediately, Alexander Freed immediately turned that around and had a great villain. Yeah, it's it's like, and this book made me appreciate the first book a little bit more. As in like when he's trying to escape. Like mm-hmm. when he, like the whole first book, he's kind of Devin or something like that. I forgot this, mm-hmm. the name, but he's like. I think that's right trying to get out of the war. So he like goes in hiding and blah, blah, blah. And it's almost like, like, well, it's part of his rationale is that he's forced back into the fight. Like he wanted to escape. He was trying to live in peace, but no, no, the new Republic won't let them. And they're going to hunt them down no matter what. So they might as well keep fighting to the bitter end. And it sucks. And then you're also like, well, you're, you're not wrong. They did come for him. Like, well, but then he killed seven people. So like, and it's those like gray areas where this book really lives that you can take like, one of these characters, like there's probably one character whose motivations you agree with a lot more than other characters. Like I know and for a, for a fact that I spent a year being so angry at Erica <laughs> oh, at yeah, the yeah. end of the previous book when the previous book ends and shit's like reporting to Shadowing. And you're like, what are you serious, dude? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I was, uh, as I said before, I was on Star Wars Geek Girl talking about this book. She hadn't read the books. She read them all three in a row. And I had to explain to her, oh, no, 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 dude. I was pissed off for a year before we get to this book. And then she's like, well, I'm undercover and I'm giving like cool little messages to uh, Hera. I'm sure that's not exactly the line in the book. Alexander is a much better writer <laughs> than I. But it was something like that. Um, but she's kind of like double agenting her former friends. Or at least allies or co-pilots, whatever you want to call them business associates mm-hmm. um but also she's not like like the the thing that she does also is she's able to see both sides as people which i think is something that like a lot of i mean not only in books but like in life we don't get that you know what i mean exactly yeah like you see the other side as the other and that's it there's no gray there's no this they are the enemy and they are the whatever and like, well, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that she has been on both sides, and then when she goes back, she still understands and likes uh, Keys, but also knows that he and the other Imperials and her, they all need to be held accountable. And I think that's like the big difference between her and him is that right. he's like, well, I can't 
just go and hide and live in peace. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to be held accountable, so he figures, I guess I just have to double down and stay here and do everything I can. Like, it's almost a might as well make things worse. Yeah. Which is like a very scary thought if you translate that into things that happen in real life. Um, but yeah, like it's such a, but like it's understandable. You know what I mean? Like he did, you like if I can look at that character and be like, he, he tried, dude. <laughs> like he retired. He was good at fixing stuff. He tried to get a job. He tried to like better himself and find a peaceful option. And it, he is convinced that that's not the way. And now look where we are. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, that's I like that about him is that you, yeah, like we've been saying, we we understand where he's coming from, but I think ultimately it's like, well, you are trying to hide from accountability. You don't yeah. want to be, uh, put on trial for the things that you took part in. He don't want to pay the price. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I thought it was really funny. Uh, da, da, da. Let's see, I got I got the deliverance. Oh yeah, we got Hera rocking around like in a used Star Destroyer. Yeah, I like that they brought that back. They had, I think that's the first time they talked about the New Republic using Star Destroyers in canon, which is something they did a lot in Legends. Right. I'm not going to lie. I did like it when she was rocking around the uh, the other one in, oh, I forgot, what was it called? The the one in the other books is like a Republic era, like Clone Wars Star Destroyer. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. I, I can't I'm, either. I'm good at things. Breaking, breaking. Star Wars Explained can't remember the name of a ship. <laughs> Somebody call Admiral Nick or something. Uh, da, da, da. Okay, so like we've gone on about Will a little bit. We've gone on about Erica a little bit. Nath and Chas. Now, Nath has always been that kind of like, like he ends up being the most dubious out of our heroes. Mm-hmm. But still not necessarily a horrible person. And then Chas has always bounced back and forth. And like in this book, a lot of the stuff that's happening like threw me off. Like in the beginning, she's uh, she's always been like this angry and she like blasts metal over the speakers when she's flying her B-wing and stuff. And I'm like, this is the awesomest, coolest <laughs> person. And then like she got kidnapped by this cult in the second book or rescued question mark. Right. Uh, and then like now she's like listening to their chants and chanting over the radio. And I started going like, hmm. This is semi-sketchy, but it also, like, brought up some trauma about her past, where apparently was also had something to do with the cult. Like, so there's, like, a lot of, what's the word? Trauma? Question mark? I mean, I think that's true of all of them. Yeah, yeah, fair. But, like, with her, it's, it's like, uniquely around this idea of these people that, are, like, the, the idea of the cults is that they're taking advantage of these people and fooling them into whatever it is. So like the question of her beliefs and her, what she's fighting for always seems to like creep back into her stuff. I don't know. And I, th I think there's a sense of just finding belonging. She's bounced around between so many different mm -hmm. quote families and groups. Uh, yeah. She was part of a cult before she was part of the cavern angels. She's been a part of various squadrons that have died. Um, and, and even her, species they they bring it up in the first alphabet squadron book she's a thelan mm -hmm. which they are kind of like a, a mixed species and will says that they can be sensitive about that so mm -hmm. i think it's just yeah her sense of identity and finding a place that she feels she truly belongs 
Yeah. And she also seems to take uh, Erica's betrayal most personally. Uh-huh. Uh, so when they find her, she beats her up pretty bad. That's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, that whole... Oh, man, that, that whole interaction and the... Uh, like, the part of the book when Erica's trying to... So they recapture her, basically, right? Like, they recapture Erica at one point. And then they end up sort of escaping and semi-lost. And, like, Kairos is like, hey, don't worry, I memorized these coordinates. Boop, 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 boop. And then they got a hiding spot. But, like, while they're trying to fix the ship, it's like, Erica's really good at fixing the ship because she knows how to do all that stuff. So, like, they have to, like, let her loose so that she can help, kind of. And so there's all this, like, there's all this moments of, them getting to spend time together to work through their issues, mm-hmm. which really pay off, you know, at the end of the trilogy, but also oh God, like, it's such a contentious relationship and it pays off in a really, really cool way, but also like them having that time to explain to each other. That's just something you don't see enough of in a lot of these stories, you know? And I think that's, that's, that goes for like Alexander's like whole Right. Like he's able to explore those gray areas and those moments between the super crazy space battles and Star Destroyers crashing and all of that. Yeah, these books are all about those personal moments. Those have always been my favorite or like the the little no man's land thing where they're they, they stop fighting and they take a minute to be human. And uh, the scene in the Jedi Temple in the first book, like oh, yeah. all three of the books have those times where they just slow down and let the characters be together. And but you've brought up Kairos. I'm so glad Kairos got a lot to do in this book. Yeah. Because she, she was absent from most of Shadowfall. Right, right. And there's like a weird, like, they explore her more than the other books, but also there's still a lot of mystery. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we end the book, and we still don't really know a whole lot about her, but we know a lot more about her. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like... That's why I mean, I don't know if I don't know if that's one of the things that made her interesting, but obviously you have this one cloaked, crazy, mysterious character who doesn't talk and is awesome and kills people with her claws and crossbows through all the other books. And then like in this book, she speaks and she has no mask and she sort of let that what she call it, the chrysalis or mm. she's like evolving part of her species in which we still don't know what it is. But like her growth and then also her tie to Quell because of the people you know, because of uh, Aiden. Mm. And, is it Aiden? Yeah, Aiden and yep. uh, ITO. What well, I, I loved the, the line I mentioned earlier from Hera before we were talking spoilers. I loved when Kairos was hurt but didn't want Hera to touch her. And mm-hmm. she was like, you understand? And Hera was like, I don't. But I don't have to understand who you are to respect who you are. And I was like, God, that's put so succinctly and so well that sometimes people just are afraid of what they don't understand. And it's like, you don't have to be, you can just accept that they are different. They have different beliefs and still respect them. And I, I really loved that scene between her and Hera. Yeah. That's a really, really good one. And then it comes down to like, like her, like she's, Kairos's journey is that she's been corrupted by the outside world or something, right? Like being, you know, her species is so isolated and like with blood and blood transfusions and something like that. Like she can't go home. 
So she has to evolve into something else. And like her place has been here because Karen Aiden and ITO are the people that like she had bonded to or whatever. Um, but it's really, really cool the way it's told. And then also it's like, I guess we'll just skip to sort of the resolution of her story. Like, dude, at one point she blows up her Ewing and jumps out. Like, <laughs> that is so dope. <laughs> like, there are these images that, you know, as I'm reading the book, I'm picking, oh, I do audiobooks too. So I don't know if you uh, do audiobooks, but the, it's January Lavoie and she like knocked it out of the park with this book. Really well done. That's, um, I usually uh, just stick to reading them because the, I'll get like an advanced copy, so mm-hmm. I'll read that. Then the the audiobook, my my wife loves the audiobooks, nice. so she she's an audiobook person, and I'm a a reader. Dude, I'm all about the audiobooks because I can like drive my car, yeah, and pretend I'm in the two hundred fourth. You know how it is. <laughs> uh, so she's like, at the end of the story, she's basically like, I have to move on and find my, you know, whatever my next form is going to be. And she like disappears and sort of there's like, there's a coda or, or epilogue to this book where sort of everybody gets dipped back together and you sort of see where everybody is a few years down the line. And like, she's the only mm-hmm. one who's absent from that, mm. which sucks. Cause like you do want to see it, but she's mentioned like they talk about her and they're like, yep, well, she knows where we are. If we, you know, got my, my name's in the address book, man. So um, yeah. But I really liked how her story ended and how she seemed like hopeful for her future as opposed to like stuck because of her past. Yes. <laughs> and I, thought, I was yeah. surprised by that whole epilogue. It went on way longer than I thought. Like it went way, way longer than normal epilogues go. But it really like explored it in a way that most epilogues don't. You know what I mean? Like, so yes, I, I, I agree is what I'm saying. Uh, I wasn't expecting it to take it like years down the line right right and it almost like you know you're talking to Rebel Superfan here in a way it reminded me a lot of the end of Star Wars Rebels that jumped ahead quite a few many years and gave you a really good like window into each of the characters and what they're up to now but I also thought it was really like like it, it like particularly Erica right so she's the one who had to like you know, she's the one who went back and she was like charged. So, you know, they, they do mention that she like she can't vote and mm-hmm. she can't hold, uh, you know, government office or something like that. But she's like, dude, I'm, I'm like I run a little company and I get to fly like I still get to do what I love. And it was like yeah. uh, it was really it was beautifully done. Like Will is a senator. And he's a senator because his people are like, dude, you're the only one who, like, you know what it is here and you know what it is there. And we can trust you. Yeah. And I'm like, I would vote for him. (laughs) He seems like a good dude. I'd vote for him in a heartbeat. For real, dude. Okay. Will's podcast. (laughs) Like, when he starts just reaching out on open channels to everybody, I was like, oh my god, are we we doing Bridger transmissions right now? Are we getting, like, in-universe podcasting? Mm, Yeah. And that's exactly what it was. And then, like, when everybody starts chiming in and sort of like, well, you know, my planet was taken over. But, like, because then you get them saying their story. And it is a very, like, if we get back to that Soren Keys thing, it's like, okay, well, I don't agree with you, but I understand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, to really able, really seeing the war from all of these points of view 
of these people, like it just it gives a lot of Star Wars a lot of depth. You know. I'm just saying yeah. I feel bad when I kill people in squadrons now. That's all. <laughs> Not that bad. <laughs> I well I usually just play my friends, so I'm always laughing at them over comms. Nice. <laughs> I like I I got I got one homie that plays squadrons and like we're good when we go together but normally it's just me and I'm getting shot and I'm not that good at it but I'm good enough to be like okay sometimes so <laughs> my squadrons adventures are fairly limited anyway I get a Ewing and I pretend I'm uh, Kairos that's what my life is like uh, <laughs> da, 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 let's see another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, no, the, and then like when they finally get to the battle, like I think it's the Jakku battle where they start like reciting the names of everybody they've lost. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's how you make Jakku. You know what I mean? Like that's right. That's not what I needed from a video game about Jakku or another book that tells me the entirety of the story and which whose tractor beam crashed, whose superstar destroyer. No dude, this is them going against their enemies and their enemies going against them over here on the side on an open channel, talking to each other as things get crazy. Um, I skipped over Will's duel, but oh Will yeah, yeah, duels keys, and another audiobook a note, really cool music at that point <laughs> in the book. I said, yeah, I love that Will is just always constantly trying to do everything he can to save lives. Yeah, and not just his, but the enemies as well. He's just like tired of the killing. Yeah, and it's like such a like, and that's like integral to his character, right? Mm-hmm. But it's something that in most cases you see it sort of, it sort of burns away as they get more jaded or as they get further in the battle, like they can't save lives and they have to become this warrior. You know, like in most stories, that's how it goes. Yeah. But in Will's case, like he never doesn't want to go home. You're right. I guess what I meant as Luke, I meant like the idealistic person who wanted to make a difference yeah. and like help. And I think that's more what he is instead of the person who wanted to get off his planet and join the Academy. Cause well, they'll teach me how to fly. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, and speaking, speaking of will and Luke, I love, love the scene oh. when he talks about seeing Luke at the battle of Endor burning Darth Vader and being like, even will who is like the most understanding person is like, excuse me. What? Like he, he sees Luke basically respecting Darth Vader. Yeah. And he doesn't know why, and he admits that, but even Will is like, I don't get this, but it makes me angry. (laughs) Uh, But hear me out. What if Darth Vader lived and came back in a white suit and was like, look, can we all be homies now? I know a lot about Star Death Star things and (laughs) stuff and dark side stuff. I can help. I can help y'all. I used to be a Jedi. Did anybody know that? (laughs) Um, that was a really, really cool part. And a lot of t- like we get throughout the books, we've gotten so much of Will, like everybody turns to Will cause he was at Endor and like in the beginning, it's usually Chas because her like, 
I don't know what to call it, like martyr complex or death wish. Yeah, like I, that's better. You know, her heroes are all these people who died. You know, Jen or so, mm-hmm. most notably, which is like if when that announcement was made by like Del Rey Star Wars tweets or whatever. And I was like, okay, I'm into this now. Like, what is happening? She has a playlist and she idolizes Jen Erso. Yeah. This is my person. Um, and as you read the books, and she, like, mentions, I think it's in the first book where she's like, you know, I met her. You know, I almost got in a fight with somebody and she came and, like, helped me out. And that was it. But later when I saw the holo, I was like, that's that person that helped me out in the alley that one time on Gorel or whatever. I don't remember which planet. Yeah, I think that's right. Yay. Um <laughs> So, like, little stuff like that, that, like, the things that we see, and, and like, it's more explained in, what's that book, uh, From a Certain Point of View, The Empire Strikes Back. Look, uh-huh. everybody, rebellions are built on hope, I'm telling you. <laughs> Guys. Um, the, the, and her story about it is, like, she's like, oh, I bought a bunch of little data discs, because I like to collect music, and one of them had this really inspiring speech, where a bunch of people were like, you know what what is she trying to propose (laughs) let her speak let her speak (laughs) i just like with the two jerks in that thing yeah yeah in that whole room all right anyway rogue one's a really good movie y'all should watch that um ah man this is yeah there's a lot here there's a lot of chances yeah i'm trying to remember i had something that was that I wanted to say about Jin, and then it just like left my brain. <laughs> uh, there's one particular adventure of Jin's that I love, where a Lothcat jumps on a stormtrooper's face and pushes him down a hole and does a backflip off of him, <laughs> and uh, that's a moment that my family has slow motioned on YouTube numerous times. Uh, <laughs> Forces of Destiny, y'all, it's it's a yeah. win. Good times. So she oh, has that it'll story. Come back to me. Yeah, <laughs> she has that story about how she met Jin and how she's inspired by Jin and like how Jin did this one thing that like mattered and it was so important. And then every time she's like, well, this is it. Oh, no, we'll shot down my weapons or something, you know, like and that's like a lot of the conflict is the first time is he tried to save her life. Will tried to do what now? Save lives again. <laughs> and she's pissed off that she didn't get to do her thing. You know, and it it, it kind of reminds me of this, like I said this before, it reminds me of this very like Lieutenant Dan kind of thing mm, where yeah. he, she gets saved and then she's like, every chass has died in a, in every single war in America. Like, okay. I thought it was funny. In my head, it, it, it <laughs> animates really, really well. Yeah. Um, let's see. Kairos's past, return to, I got like simple little notes. Quell explains to Hera, kind of. Okay. Da, 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 da. Okay. The the ending, like the the climax of the f- the film, the climax of the book, is Jakku with Will and Nath and Chas, and then Quell and Kairos go to Coruscant to stop Soren, who's yeah. trying to destroy these data banks that the like imperial messengers have drawn all their information on who's done what and everybody's crimes in the empire and that as soon as the new republic takes over he knows that they're going to use that information to punish and try and uh you know exact vengeance on all of the imperials with all that kind of information so he wants to destroy it so that the imperials former imperials can like 
live in peace without looking over their shoulder and worrying about consequences. And she's trying to stop them because it's the right thing to do, question mark. Um, yeah, and, and I, I love the question mark on the end of that because yeah, right? that's a tough one. Like, I I see what Keyes is saying about, like, you know, if you're going to hold every Imperial accountable, it's going to bog everything down. Yeah. It's going to make the New Republic ineffective. And we still don't know the full story about the New Republic, but it, it seems like they were pretty ineffective. <laughs> and may, maybe that's because they did exactly what Keyes said that they would. But also, like, accountability is important. Right, <laughs> so right. well, it's a very tough uh, question to raise. And it says a lot about, like, I don't know, like, you have these special cases in which Quell sort of becomes one of those special cases, right? There's even a scene where Mon Mothma and Hera are like, well, what are you going to, like, well, she, we have to punish her somehow. We can't just let, this is such a high-profile case, we can't just let her get away with nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, sh- I don't think we should punish her extra because then that would be mean. And like, there's a lot to like, my wife's a lawyer. So like, these are some things that I, I mean, this is, that's probably the, one of the dumbest statements I've ever made <laughs> saying like, Hey, look, my wife's a lawyer. So I know about these things, but like, I, you know, I just feel like I have a little bit of insight. You know, I've seen just mercy. I, I watched, I watched some of these movies. <laughs> um, but like some of these things that, do you have to think about sometimes like are the consequences for what is going to come back and what is accountable? What is accountability? What should you be accountable for? What should there be forgiveness for? And the idea is that like, look, we know the government was messed up. Everybody had to do these bad things, but what these are records of is like, who was extra bad? Who really, really was like super Imperial, even when nobody was looking mm. like, and well, I, I th- yeah, I think that, something that I took away from the book is that Quell was able to recognize that what she did was wrong and horrible, terrible. Like she, she killed a planet. She helped yeah. kill a planet. Yeah. Uh, but if we're to boil it down to, you know, star Wars, just trying to teach us about the world that we live in, what she did was accept that. Yeah. What I did was terrible and I'm going to try to atone for it. I'm going to try mm-hmm. to be better. Whereas some Imperials were like, uh, no, I I know that any punishment I receive is going to be just too much for me to handle. So I'm just going to double down and I'm going to fight harder to try to win or go down swinging because right. you don't want to face that. So since Erica was willing to show remorse mm-hmm. uh, and learn from what she did, right. as, as terrible as it was, I, I think that was the difference between her and Keys. For sure. For sure. But I also really like that her, like part of it, it wasn't like because she was a horrible person. It was because she was a regular person that just like the apathy is a part of it. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Like she didn't she knew the orders were bad and she still just went, you know, she, she didn't leave until he told her to leave. Like and that sort of gets brought up in a lot of these things where she's like, look, I, I knew it was wrong and I didn't do anything like I should have done something. And it's like a little bit of that hindsight, but it's also a little bit of that, like, like, that's what happens now. Like, hey, how about you don't shoot that person if they're unarmed or, you know what I mean? Like, there are times when, like, what is it? When does that apathy stop 
good things from happening or like uh, when does that apathy abet bad and evil mm-hmm. you know and i think that's a really really good bo- uh, good question that the book raises as well which is like part of her story um yeah and that's kind of what the design of that imperial database was mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it was saying that like all every person that ever put on a uniform is complicit whether mm-hmm. or not they signed a document that led to uh, a planet dying or if they didn't do anything to stop it, if they knew about it. So yeah, really interesting idea, which I love that they took just that simple, very cool uh, red Imperial messenger droid. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he raised these questions of like, well, how did it know? who was going to be willing to carry out these horrendous orders. Right. How did it know who would double down? Uh, And the idea that they kept all of this information is very much within Palpatine's character, I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, when I first heard, you know, like back in the, uh, what is it, like Battlefront 2 and back in Shattered Empire, when Operation (laughs) Cinder is first raised all of my ideas were like, okay, well, how does this connect to the first order? And like, what are we going to get the like, blah, right. blah, blah that, you know, and it, I, like, I answer, I still don't know. And I don't know if it connects to the first order. It's just another Palpatine schemes. And at one point, I think in aftermath, it's stated a little bit of like, you know, part of the, at least some of the explanation that that dude, Gallius Rax gives is like the, like, you know, without a king, the Empire doesn't deserve to live or something like that as they're playing yeah, chess yeah. or Star Wars chess, whatever they call it. <laughs> you know, and it's something like that, which I kind of agree with, but also like, is there something more? Like, is there something else? Like, you know, and I guess I still don't know the answer, but. I, I think that a lot of the stuff with Cinder, at least in its inception, was to explain why the empire fell so quickly, especially when like we as legends fans knew that the galactic civil war continued on for a long, long time and not just one year. Right. Right. So I think they were trying to throw us legends fans, a little answer of like, okay, here's why it's different now. Okay. I can accept this. I like it. I'll go with it. But, but I like that freed took that idea and went further with it and, and kept it all within his themes and what he wanted to say. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, and the, like the circumstances and how it like, you know, like something as simple as Jakku, which we all know is like, oh, okay, we know what's coming, but the way that he made Jakku into their, you know, their final showdown with shadow wing and like the open com chat, like all that stuff that just flips it on its head and makes it a very personal story uh-huh. as opposed to the big galaxy wide end of the war. haha, Is chef's kiss Mm. (laughs) it's funny that these books were so not what i was hoping they would be at the start but every single one has still defied my wants and just given me a story that i think is so so good yeah for sure i I thought it was going to be yeah rogue squadron and it's not really it's yeah it's a much more personal story it's not about big galactic stakes it's Mm -hmm. about these two squadrons fighting each other which tie into galactic stakes, but it's mostly just about like these five to six characters and you know what the war does to them. Yeah. Uh, oh man. Yeah. Uh, there's an extra T70. Hera has an extra T70 and she gives it to Quill. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
as they walk by a VCX 100. And I'm like, what? There's like, an, you know, like, so that was just a cool little part for me when I read the book, along with her escaping the, what's the name of her ship again? When she escapes the deliverance on the VCX. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, she gets in and it's like, she knew the controls. And I'm like, of course she knows the controls. Like, <laughs> so like, that was another like really, really cool part. And it was a very like, so much of Hera's story is like the other books, like you, even when you see from Hera's, like, cause there's a few uh, chapters or at least pieces of the other books that sort of give you some of the story from Hera's point of view. But the way that this book got into Hera's point of view and a lot more about her hopes for the future and things like that, like it, it just, it felt like such a great payoff and such a great moment for the character, which I of course love and have loved forever. (laughs) Do do you think there there was one droid? I think, uh, Chas, maybe Quell, someone like goes down to the hangar and sees, one of the deckhands arguing with a droid. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was Chopper? Because I'm, I'm choosing so to believe that first, was Chopper. But then, like, when they go down later, it's like, then they got in the droid, and then that droid gets in the ship with Erica. So then I was like, it sounded, it felt to me, like, when I read through, it felt like it was the same droid. So I was like, oh. Mm. I probably got to read through again. I'll have to read through again. I think that I was just so blind to like i was just like i I want that to be chopper and that's chopper and i I know exactly read any evidence (laughs) you're talking about and as soon as i read it i was like that that that's must be why they said this why else would they say it (laughs) like i was very much on the same page as you and then i think on a reread i was like oh you know she got in with ct 720 or whatever yeah i don't remember like i played a lot of 720 when i was a kid that and skater die Uh, okay oh and uh so before the battle of jakku after the podcast and after will's duel he's like you know what i'm not gonna fly with y'all i believe in you though and people are pissed Uh which is like semi-understandable but it's also like like i don't even like it's almost like his version of a luke skywalker throwing his lightsaber down yeah to bring that metaphor back into play I mean, I, I was a little pissed. I I was like, really? Now you're going to sit out? But it still led to, it, well, A, I think that was the point. I, right, I, I right. think that that was the emotion it was supposed to drag out of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, B, I love that it wound up in a confrontation with Blink. Yes, face to face. Yeah, the pilot that he's been talking yeah. to for three books. I was like, oh, this is so good. Yeah. It was a, it was a great payoff with uh, Blink's name is Palal Cedia, who ends up talking like face to face, who snuck aboard the ship and was that you know they were like we think we have a spy, hope that's not true. And then yeah, yeah it's like a, a little mechanics thing. He's like uh oh, um, but yeah, that was a really really good scene too. And then let's see, we have, okay, Hera gets out. Okay, like we already talked about the epilogue, like. Quell and Chas, like their relationship that like we kind of skip over quote unquote romance in the book because it's like they have that relationship and it's tenuous and it's very argumentative and they're at odds most of the book. And then we skip Mm -hmm. to six years and it's like, oh, they're together now. So like (laughs) you don't get the, you know, you're going to have to go to fanfic for all that stuff. But like to me, I it kind of like made sense and it fit. And I was very much like, huh. Okay. Like, and I was happy for them. 
Yeah, I, I felt the exact same way that uh, that Chas kind of found her belonging and found her peace, and it wasn't something I was expecting. But when it happened, I was like, "Yep," like I don't really have any questions about this. Yeah, yeah, it it, it was definitely unexpected, but it was like, no, 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 that makes sense. Like, okay, uh, you know, and then like Will's a senator because like the 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 little part like we get a little part where Will goes home. And he's back to, and he's like, well, things have changed. Like that isn't in season anymore. And when he left, it was that. And now it's this. And then him trying to acclimate to life back, simple life back on his home. Um, When they come to him asking questions and saying, hey, like, you know, we might join the Republic. You know, that thing that you were out there, you think maybe you could be our guy. And then he ends up leaving home again, which is like kind of heartbreaking a little bit. Yeah. Because you followed this dude for three weeks, three, three weeks, three books that just wanted to go home. And then they're like, cool, 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 cool. Can you go back? Remember that planet? Um, It's a little sad, but it's also like, like, and he feels like that that's his thing. He's like, you know what? I can be the bridge, you know, like I can't help my people this way. Um, So I really did like that. Like. Yeah, at least it is heartbreaking that he isn't always home, but at least he gets to go back and forth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's heartbreaking in the way that I thought that he would be upset about it. But it's like, but when he goes like, no, 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 this makes sense. Then I'm like, no, 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 you're right. You're right. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a way to help without killing. Which yeah, I think he'd be all about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it's sort of like like Nath's sort of epilogue is sort of him possibly continuing to do shady stuff during the times of the new Republic. And he seems to go like, he's finding some of these pilots, like from the two fourth, some of the survivors and he's yeah, them together yeah. for questionable things. And he faces will at one point, right? Like will shows mm-hmm. up with, Oh, the droid. Nath has that like T five, the droid that's like accompanied mm-hmm. him through all his missions. And then will sort of confronts him like, Hey dude, what are you doing? Like, I heard you've been up to shady stuff. And he's like, don't ask questions. All right, fine. Bye. <laughs> and then he's like, go take care of him, droid. And then the droid goes with him, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I liked Nath. I thought he was a very interesting character. We haven't talked about him all that much, but someone who didn't really, I don't, we're, we're so used to Star Wars, you know, people get redemption. They come out on the other side and they, uh, are better at the end of mm-hmm. the fight and Nath isn't really. Yeah. I feel like he did not grow in the way that the other characters did, you know? Yeah. And I don't really mean that as a, in any sort of criticism. Of course. Like I, I, I like it. <laughs> I like that. He's still just like, I'm a pirate yeah. and you can't really change that about me. It was, and it's real, but it's, it's also like, since that's like his thing, it's really interesting to see his journey through the books being that in those different circumstances. Like in the first book, he's talking about how, well, when I was an Imperial, we blah, 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 blah. And we stole this and stuff. And ha ha, we had extra pilot drinking money. I don't know. Like, <laughs> and then you get to like the end, like the end towards the end of the book is when he like goes and he kills grandmother and he's making all extra money on the side to get stuff on Quell throughout the book. He's like being, what's his name? He's being Will's older brother. And then in the second book, when Will has grown into a very, very, a really good leader, dude. Like yep. by the time he's like with Twilight 
uh, Twilight Company and all that, he's like come into finding these ways to help other people. And like he helps encourage Will's growth, even though it puts them more at odds every time Will grows. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's like he's he almost like I don't know. He he like he helps Will on his journey, even though his journey never goes anywhere. <laughs> That's a great point. Is that a weird thing? To and say? and okay. uh because I mentioned it talking about um Star Wars characters receiving redemption and so often they are redeemed and then they die. I was so glad that Erica Quell survived everything and actually we got to see like, okay, here's how someone who did terrible things moves on and right. like a- actually deals with the consequences, actually atones instead of just like, you know, one good deed and then die. Right. Right. Which like, as you said, is a star Wars trope, if nothing right. else, you know? Yeah. I thought that w- that was really, really well done. And also in a way that like, Like, it, it, it sort of mattered less the galaxy. Like, we talked about the Darth Vader thing. It was like, not, everybody wouldn't be cool with him just because Luke was. Okay, I get that. Um, and I'm sure there are plenty of people that are mad at Erica, But she, like, did her thing and she's able to go on living a peaceful life, you know? And, like, she found her own happiness and what was important. And the fact that she was able to find happiness at the end of this book after the redemption, I think, was the bigger... Not the bigger, but like a really nice takeaway. Like you can have these things and you can have these hiccups in your story and you can, you can pay the, for these mistakes, but it doesn't have to end your life and it doesn't have to mean that you can't have happiness. Yeah. I got heavy real quick. <laughs> nah, I love it. <laughs> Look, these, this is, this is a heavy trilogy, dude. I don't know what you want me to do. It, it really is. Like, I, I wish I had more jokes. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. This is just a really, really good trilogy. And it's really, it is heavy, but it's just really about these characters. So like I said before, the main thing is like what I tell people when they're like, well, what do you like? Do you like this? Well, do you, what do you want from a trilogy? If you want character driven story, do this. In fact, not even a take one of these books. Any one of these books is going to be really good character stuff, you know, but this was, this is my favorite hair stuff I've gotten in a few years. Mm. Oh, I don't know. Squadrons was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I really appreciate just like I said, how different this was than I thought it was going to be. And the more as someone who has decided, like, I'm going to read every book and every comic, play every game, watch every TV mm-hmm. show and watch all the movies, like the more and more I come to value just variety yes. and some Star Wars stories. I want to be just a fun time. And that's all I need. But, you know, there's still plenty of space for books like this that, yeah, they are heavy. Uh, exactly. They make you think. And But that's that's great. Exactly. Exactly. And I love the, like, uh, you know, like the Star Wars is for everybody, you know, but everybody has their Star Wars. And I really like mm-hmm. that they take the time to explain. I mean, it's mostly in books, but I like that now we're getting, you know, with the amount of shows we're getting, I hope we get a lot more variety there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's looking like that's a big possibility. I think so. Yeah. So, you know, that's makes me happy to be a star Wars fan alive right now. I wish I could go back a couple of years. 
Uh, so I could be like doing backflips these days instead of a grown man who's like, Ooh, a new star Wars movie. Ah, my back. Um, you know, but yes, I am very excited to be a star Wars fan. I'm jealous of my kids who got to grow up with the clone wars cartoon. My son is like ecstatic that dirge is finding his way back into Canon. Oh yeah. So he came to me yesterday and he's like, she's coming, he's coming in the Afro comics. And I'm like, yeah, bro. And he's like, let me borrow your Afro comics. And I was like, I mean, he's like, so I can be ready. And I was like, well, okay, yeah, here, you can borrow the comics, but like, you, I don't think you're going to be any more like, re- like, I don't think it has a lot to do with this, but whatever. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 I want to be like ready for, okay, read the Afro comics, son. Enjoy yourself. Who am I to stop you? <laughs> so that's, uh, that's his uh, super happy fun times right now. So we're all excited for April 2nd. <laughs> that That's awesome. It's going to be good times. Uh Alex, if you wanted people on the internet finding you, where would you want them to do that at? We're on YouTube at Star Wars Explained. We put out daily videos about uh, random questions people ask us, or you know, when new books come out, we do reviews, any new content, really. And we're on Twitter, and uh, we're also on Twitch, where we've been doing uh, a non-Star Wars show called Explain It To Me, where we have uh, friends that are experts in other parts of the fandom or mm-hmm. other fandoms. Like for example, we just did an episode on the Snyder cut. Cause I know next to nothing about DC. Okay. So we watched the movie and then I just asked them a bunch of questions and had them explain things to me. <laughs> so that's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Um, that's it. Yeah. Awesome. I uh, might, I say that as a fan of your YouTube channel and as a person who's very selective with the star Wars, YouTube content that I watch, Y'all, this is good Star Wars YouTube content, and this is the kind of stuff you want to give a subscribe to and a thumbs up to. That's all. Well, thank you. That's the end of my sentence. Uh, yeah, man, this is a great book. I am glad to talk to you, and I hope we do more talking about books or other things sometimes. I don't know what else to talk about. Bad Batch is coming up. We're getting excited about that. And man, Star Wars ain't going away anytime soon, so I'm going <laughs> to continue to enjoy it, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on and talking Star Wars. And that's how I end a podcast, because I don't have an outro or anything. Boom, done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>